Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You know, I was talking about the awareness levels earlier on that aware of who you are, aware of who you're not. And when you become aware at a still sense, like we're talking about being in the moment, where not in your head, not in your story, not in the thoughts, 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 when you slow down enough to vibrate and tune into oh, what's actually going on and be more present, um, the second part of awareness is becoming spatially aware. So you begin to go, mm. oh, I can feel what's going on around me. I can sense other people. I can sense truth. I can sense someone's angry someone's upset oh this is we're on the right track here you sense nature you sense everything else so you become spatially aware and when you become mm. spatially aware you then feel out and you become other aware so you start self-aware spatially aware then other aware and when you become other aware you become aware of who they are and you also become aware of who they're not oh my god that's yeah. not him yeah. is it he's just done that again that every friday yeah. night he does that you know like um, so we become exactly, up- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you see enough of that, you then become world aware. You know, you start to go, yeah. oh, that's going all around the place. And then if you see enough of mm-hmm. that, you be start to become other worlds aware. Like instead of just, mm-hmm. you start to go, right, what else is going on here? If this is all vibration, what other things are happening? And a friend of mine was talking recently about how there's a lot of negative stuff going on around the place, and he was trying to clear this negative and that negative and everything else. And I, and I was like doing the same thing and I've often done the same thing. It's like clear that, clear that. So you clear with what's coming at you, you know, in life. And if you take on a bigger challenge, back to your question before, if you do have some ambition and you do want mm. to grow and learn and you take on a bigger challenge, you're going to be challenged at a higher level and you're going to expose mm. yourself to different, I keep using that word, vibrations, you know. But um, basically he was saying, oh, you know, got to clear this, got to clear that. And I, I suddenly become aware. I said, oh, it's, you know, it's kind of like if you put it this, this way, if you walked into a rainforest and with your eyes open and you looked and you slowed down, you looked around, you'll see there's trees, there's vines, there's grass, there's shrubs, there's moss, there's all sorts of little animals everywhere. There's fall, there's stuff that's living, there's stuff that's fallen. There's branches, there's intertwined things, there's ferns, there's mm. creatures flying in the trees, there's stuff going, there's water dripping down, there's soil, there's rocks, there's, you know, and this ecosystem is just full of things that are working together symbiotically to create this thing we call the rainforest. And if you stop yeah. and appreciate it, it's quite fascinating. And at a, a consciousness sense, it's very, very similar, is there's energy everywhere. You know, there's things going on everywhere. So if you stop and become, well, because well, I can't see it with my eyes, I have to close my eyes and feel feel with my heart or feel with my gut and go, oh, something's not right here. Something, Someone's telling me this, but I don't feel that's the whole thing that they're saying. And you start to train or tune that part of you, similarly like someone can go to the beach and look at the waves mm-hmm. and just see danger. I can close my eyes and tell you where the rip is and everything else because I can feel the flow of it, spend that many hours in it. I can say, oh, there's the hole, there's the depth, the wave's going to do this. So <clears throat> after a while, you get a sense of a, a level of mastery at something because you've done it for a long, long time. And it's the same thing with being yeah. aware of energy. It's just like all of a sudden it becomes like a rainforest. There's energy everywhere, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, if you're yeah. trying to get rid of the energy and just have a happy life, I don't want to deal with this anymore, it's like trying to get rid of the trees in the rainforest. You're surrounded Excellent. by it. So we can either exactly, disappear yeah. to a rainforest and not deal with the energy of the world, or we can be here in the world and go, okay, so there's people, I, I live on the highway here on the Gold Coast of Mermaid Beach. I can look out my window now. And there's people driving past here right now that some of them are happy and blissful and, and they're adding that vibe down the, the highway. Some are driving past going, oh my God, I can't believe this happened or she did that or he did that. Or, yeah, or yeah. some are driving past going, oh, I'm still doing the same old thing, you know. There's all sorts of different levels of things going on. So life is like that, you know, and I think it was um, it was Churchill that said, you know, life is just one damn thing after another, you know. And so if we can understand it's all vibration and energy and um, that vine, that poison vine up the top of the forest, I'm not going to, it's over there, I'm only going to hit it if I climb up that tree and get near it or if I brush past it and don't become aware of it. 
but it's the same yeah. with energy. You don't have to actually clear all the wankers and the dickheads and all the angry people and all the, you know, and get them all out of your life. You just have to become really aware of what path you're walking on and make exactly, sure yeah. as they're sw- leaning across the path, you, oh, there's a thorn bush and step around it. Oh, there's one of those itchy things and step around that. And, you know, yeah, exactly, and yeah. it's just, yeah. no, just stay on the path that you're on and, and know that life is full of, it's like a rainforest. It's full of an ecosystem that, that balance for every positive, there's a negative and all that sort of stuff. And, and how we navigate through it is is be aware of it. Yeah, and uh, so so many amazing points you're making in there. And it's like and like you're saying, with if we only just hold on and keep pushing and don't allow emotions and energy to be released, it's like, you know, shoving rubbish into a bin and then stomping it down and, you know, trying to keep pushing it and it's going to eventually just explode. And the other point you made... Um, when the levels of, of the awareness, once you start to understand that, uh, hang on, this person that's annoying me or might be a friend or family member or just some random person like you're talking about that's got road rage or whatever it is, if you're seeing their reaction, you can take it personally or get you know let it affect you or you can remind yourself, hang on, they're doing that because they've got this unresolved pain that they haven't been able to yet deal with it's nothing to do with you know this actual situation and then that instantly it just brings you peace with being able to understand why and not not have it have that direct impact on you so there's so many levels to you know where this can go when you start to implement it into your life and and you know when we talked about awareness of who you are and who you're not the who we are part understands that even if they've yeah. never heard it before, the person sitting there now who when you start saying it, they might go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the time you finish saying what you just said, something in them goes, yeah, that's kind of right. And so inside yeah. of us, yeah. you can have the reaction and go, that's the truth. And then the other part can be inside of you at the same time going, bullshit, they should know yeah. better. And, you know, I don't have to, I shouldn't have to put up with someone's childhood that they haven't dealt with and or <laughs> whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, because yeah. Yeah. It's the, the most important person on the journey is yourself to keep clearing yourself so that if you yeah. if you do have a desire to be there for other people or be a and you know and make a difference is the only person you ever have to clear is yourself the only person you ever have to bring back to to all right i'm back in my presence you know is yeah. yourself yeah. you know and i've been going through a really challenging situation lately with some organizational stuff that i put my hand up to help out with and and then it's brought in old friends and stuff and there's all these levels of awareness of people that operating levels of awareness so they might that's the way they operate in a lot of their life so they can be a real disruptor to an environment or a culture but then also other people might have given them some false awareness about something like said oh this is what's going on then they it fires them up you know so Mm. it's a real act of discernment to get through and work with people but deep down inside what i'm finding is that I'm finding in myself, when I was younger, rather than deal with and understand the bullies or rather than deal with and understand the culture and what led to it, because I didn't really know to and didn't have people around me saying, hey, Trev, you just plugged into something, you know. Yeah. You, you, know. you didn't grow up with that level, you know, of schooling that we we're talking about earlier. Um, so I went into a reaction of going, well, I'll beat them. You know, mm-hmm. I'll beat them at their own game. I'll win at their own game. I'll suppress them. I'll lock them back down. So I was suppressed. So now I'm going to suppress them. Not, I'm not thinking that, but that's actually what ends up happening. That's and what happens. So I become the guy. But in becoming yeah. the guy that gets the girl, I'm also the guy that makes other people stay where they are and don't just respect your authorities. And I'm the winner here. I'm in the Hall of Fame. You know, don't you know you're talking to? Like it's yeah. all bullshit and it's all ego. But it all it was all built off the back of me having not feeling good enough in myself so if someone acted in a way that 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 seemed to suggest that i wasn't good enough like bullying belittling whatever mm-hmm. if i if i believe that and i add to it because i've already got it inside of myself then that's the bit that i have to clear so yeah. lately yeah. you know yeah. i've had these people i've done all this stuff to help everybody and all of a sudden these people are actually in the background trying to let's say trying to pull me down you know in my mind yeah yeah not the, the aware part goes, oh, they're teaching you something. The reaction, the ego goes, yeah. they're trying to pull me down after everything I've done for everybody. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've, yeah. you know, I deserve a big block of dark chocolate dealing with these wankers, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, you start justifying all sorts of different things. But particularly it, what happens is, oh, hang on, that energy inside of me that just reacted or retorted to the situation ah, that's my bullshit, that's my ego, that's, hang on a second, mm. I thought I'd cleared that. 
oh, I hadn't cleared this yeah, part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd dealt with it. I thought I was a decent bloke that didn't react. Well, apparently not. You know, today I'm like, yeah. bugger them. They can go, you know, someone says, oh, they're just, yeah. you know, they've got it. Someone said to me one day, you know, the problem is, gee, they're so passionate. They've got a good heart. They, they really want to help. And on my first reaction, what want to help. You know, they need a slap over the back of the head, you know. Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's not me doing that. That's not, the, that's not really me. That's that reaction that I was there when I actually was a young kid. So I stopped and went, oh, wow, there's more to this than I thought. I went deeper into this at a young age and I became revengeful and paying back. And the winning was basically all the winning that I went through was giving the finger to all those people that made me feel like a loser. You know, which is so so common, isn't it? It's just, and it's, it's a like double-edged sword because now I've I've won all this, but now I've lost all this as well because spiritually I'm still I'm still trying to beat someone up who's it beat me up at fourteen yeah. or fifteen. You know, I don't even know them anymore. Anyway, when I bump into them, I discover that they've grown up to be an alcoholic, and I'm like, oh, you wanker, they're yeah. going really bad. You know, like so life yeah. is really really tricky and really really challenging and if, if we're one of those people that's got any awareness and is listening to something like this and is yeah. wanting to improve ourselves then with that awareness probably comes a little bit of responsibility to keep going and no no you are your own master and the world's not in control of you it's only in control of you when you're in reaction it hit home with me what you said before and i'm going to use this in my own life because i have so many people and things that will trigger me and I go into that reactive mode thinking what the hell they're not respecting me blah 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 you know the same thing and 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 then you're like why, why am I getting worked up but to be able to reverse it and look hang on this is an opportunity for me to actually further evolve myself and try and not react and understand it it's that's a really nice way to look at it yeah. I'll tell you a quick yeah. story yeah. really it's 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 yeah. one that I often tell and people say to me for years later oh my god thank you so much for that story but I was a yeah. young Ironman. I'd never won anything. I filled out my goal sheet with the coach of the world champion from South Australia. I knew to listen to whatever he said. I've been bullied. I've had, you know, challenge, you know at the time I just thought it was growing up. And later on I'm going, that's mm-hmm. what bullying is, right? You know, yeah. so yeah. Um, big deal. Everyone's had it to different degrees. It's how we deal with it later. But, but basically what happens was I've got set out this goal sheet and I've decided that I wanted to be the Australian and world Ironman champion. I'm, I'm fifth amongst juniors in my own club. You know, out of 300 right. clubs, I'm running out of five out of six juniors in our own club. So I want to be the World Open champion. I'm five Jeez. out of six juniors out of 300 clubs. But the, the, um, for whatever reason, something inside of me knew that that was possible. So I'm 16 and I set all these goals. I start training ridiculously hard. I'm doing, willing to do what it takes. But there was one goal my coach came to me and we watched the Australian title the year before and I watched the four guys come in together and they sprint up the beach and I watched Robert Chapman win this Australian title. I just thought, wow, that's perfect. How amazing. Incredible. Good on you, Chapa, you know. And, and Grant Kenny was in the race who was an idol and Dwayne Tyres was an idol and, and um, I think Steve Holland, another guy, was in the race. And um, anyway... I'm sitting there and Bill Haylock, my coach, um, who was the coach of Dwayne, as they run up, he goes, ah, still no one's perfected the race. Fast forward a few months later, I've put my goals in. I want to be the greatest Ironman of all time, right? And he comes to me, he goes, I love your goals. They're all really good. He didn't say you should try and get on the, the dice at the branch championships first. He said, no, if you want to be Australian Ironman champion, are you willing to do what it takes? And I went, yes, almost like a self-discovery moment of, yes, I am actually. And so yeah. he goes, right. A couple of weeks later, he comes to me, he says, great goals, but now I want you, to, want you to think about what's your process goal. And what basically happened was, mm-hmm. I went, the process goal, and he goes, yeah, well, the thing that actually keeps you going the whole way through, that how you're going to approach things or whatever else. And I went, okay. And I came back to him and I went, oh, based on something that he'd planted in my head, I said, I want to perfect the Ironman race because I heard him say, still no one has perfected the Ironman race. Yeah, and I yeah, went, yeah. Well, I'll perfect the Ironman race. So it became something that no one would ever do rather than the, you know, the 15th person to ever win the Australian Ironman title. I was like, first person to ever perfect, perfect the race, you know, in my own mind, yeah. whether anyone had or not, I didn't know. But so I went away from it. Long story short, as I rock up to the first carnival of the year, there's a massive cyclone the few days before. Waves were huge. The waves were like 20 foot faces, you know, massive. Back then we used to race. Now we don't for safety reasons. And it was right. glassy, offshore, beautiful. It was the day after the weather turned. And we had this way that we approached each event where from the moment you woke up, everything from making your own breakfast to eating your breakfast to washing your dish to finding a car park to locating the surf club tent on the beach, everything had a minute attached to it, a timeline. Right. 
And what it did was, instead of driving up and seeing your arch rival pull up and, God, he's got a new ski. God, he's big, isn't he? He's so much stronger than me. And, oh, he's got a, geez, his girlfriend's pretty too. Like, you know, like all the things that you go into your head and, and lose your own confidence about who you are. You're just concentrating on washing your breakfast bowl properly, you know, washing up my vitamins, yeah, yeah. you know. And, and so by the time I get there, I do the warm-up, I come out, and I know that they announce over the loud hailer to the whole beach that the the order of the Ironman race. They pull it out of a hat. There's a swim, board, a swim leg, a board leg, and a ski leg in the ocean Ironman stuff, and a run leg in between. Yeah. And so I'm drying off, and they call out the order. The order of the Ironman today is board, swim, ski. And my mum's folding out the beach chair, and my dad's digging in the umbrella right next to the, the surf club tent. And my mum knows that something's changed over this period of time. She notices I'm now riding myself to swimming, even with it's raining and with a raincoat on in the dark. She's like, something's going on. So she's a little nervous and she's a little like, wonder how Trev's going to go today. And they call out the order and she turns to me and she goes, um, hey, Trev, what's that order like for you? And I was being a bit of a dick and I, I said, oh, what was that, mum? Knowing full well what it was. She said, board, swim, ski. And I go, board first, oh, my favourite leg, swim in the middle ski coming home that's my perfect order mum and my mum turns to my dad and says did you hear that ron it's his perfect order <laughs> and my dad says yes bev anyway she turns back to me she goes so so what are these conditions like for you and i'm looking out and it's like gigantic cyclonic waves you know but big and clean and blue and beautiful it's unbelievable right i said mum this is huge waves it's x-cyclone gonna have to dive really really deep hold the breath really time the runs across the waves a lot of skills a lot of things um, that, uh, you know, thinking our way through and everything else and, and getting on the right side and the cans and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And mm. I said, you know what, mum, these are my perfect conditions. And my mum turns to my dad and says, did you hear that, Ron? It's his perfect order and his perfect conditions. And I often ask people, this is my first race ever that I've actually been prepared, you know, properly. I come yeah. five out of six juniors in my own club. How am I going at this carnival? Who thinks I won? You know, and the end of the story is that I won that race by nearly a leg. Of the three wow. water legs, I won by nearly a leg. So everybody goes, this young Trevor kid, you know, he got lucky in the big waves, blah, blah, blah. He snuck out in the board and everything else. So we rock up to the next event a few weeks later. And same thing to the minute. I'm drying off and they call out the order. And they say, and the order is... Um, uh, ski board, ski swim board, and my mum hmm. says to me, I "Think it was that ski board swim, ski swim board." And my mum says to me, "She's folding the chair out. Dad's digging the umbrella and got him on there minute by minute thing as well." And she says, "Trev, Trev, what's that order like for you?" And I go, "Okay, ski swim board, ski in the middle, swim, yeah, ski at the front, swim in the middle, board coming home, my favourite leg. That's my perfect order, mum." And she went, did you hear that, Ron? It's his perfect order. <laughs> right? And she turns to me, she goes, so, so what are these conditions like for you? And it was, I looked down the beach and there was a ski blowing sideways across the beach. It was howling wind. It was dead flat though. It was coming across the side. And I went, mom, it's windy. You have to get on the right side of the turns. It's really, really flat. So it's going to be all about fitness today and sprinting and speed and pace and timing your runs and everything else. And it's all about the training we've done. Mum, these are my perfect conditions. And my mum says, did you hear that, Ron? Is his perfect order and his perfect conditions? And my dad says, yes, Bev. So I win the race, <laughs> right? Um, now everyone's going, who's this Trevor Handy kid? And then a few weeks later at state championships, same scenario. They call out the order and the order is um, swim, 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 ski board, or swim board, ski. And um, something along that line, swim board, ski. And my mum says, turns to me and says, Trev, Trev. She knows it's a different order. She turns to me yeah. and she says, Trev, what's that order like for you? And I go, swim, start, yeah, mate, okay, mum, um, board there, ski last, okay. That's my perfect order, mum. And she goes, <laughs> hang on a minute. And she turns around, there's like a three-foot wave peeling in with nor'easterly wind and everything. And she goes, and these are your perfect conditions, aren't they? And I go, you've got it, mum. And she turns to my dad and she goes, did you hear that, Ron? It's always his perfect order and it's always his perfect conditions. And my dad said, oh, Bev, how long did it take you to work that out? Uh, <laughs> and so the whole point being was that why was it my perfect order and perfect conditions was because I, I decided to perfect the race. 
So whatever showed up was perfect because I needed to show up and perfect the race. Whatever it was like, I had to be good at whatever order showed up, whoever was in my heat, whatever the kid was long, short, whatever else it was, it didn't matter because it was an opportunity for me to test myself against the next course and the next group of people and the next conditions to perfect the race because I was passionate, deeply passionate, invested in perfecting the race. So mm. I crossed the line. I won my fourth world Ironman title in 1994 in Newquay in England. We got transferred to a different beach because there was a big storm swell coming through. Because of all the time getting transferred, they ran the Ironman last in this harbour around the corner. We're still with quite a bit of swell wrapping around and it was right on dark. And I have the world titles every second year. So this is like 10 years later, you know, and yeah, yeah. About, about 11 years after I'd made that goal, I think somewhere around about that thing. And I... So I crossed the line, I won the race, and as I crossed the line, I went, wow, I just perfected the race. I just, for the only one time in my career, I perfected the race. And as I crossed the line, I went, crap, what's next? Because that was the thing that actually that engaged mm. me the whole time. Wasn't yeah, the bullying, yeah, yeah. wasn't the getting the girl, wasn't the titles. <laughs> it was actually that I picked up something that meant something to me was to be the per first person that perfected the race. So when I perfected it, crossed the line and straight away in my mind went what's next and it was dark i'd ran past the crowd and i was facing a sheer rock rock face a rock wall right in front of me in the dark and i crossed the line stopped before i hit the wall because we were nestled in this little harbor and went what's next and there was this rock wall in front of me and literally that was so symbolic because for the rest of the rest of my life the relationship things that I'd been through, the I'd lost my way with infidelities, all sorts of stuff that I'd been lost my ethics and integrity in. Um, I wasn't the person that I wanted to be, even though I won all the titles and I perfected the race. So I'd done half of it and the other half yeah. I was spiritually bankrupt, you know. And I, the rock yeah. wall that I was standing in front of was symbolic of now the real journey starts, mate, and it's a black sheer yeah, rock wall yeah, and there's yeah. nobody else that's going to climb it except you. You've got to get, you know, get out of your bullshit. But the reason I told the whole story was because I then realised when I held my son, TJ, in my arms and I looked at him and went, you're not the man you're meant to be, with his big brown eyes staring back at me, uh, it took me a little while to realise and I went, the conditions are perfect because everything I've done to stuff myself up is now something that can teach me. And everything that shows up to say it's time to actually fess up to that or get clean on that or straighten that or sort this person or help out here or finally be decent and, you know, do this, um, the conditions were still perfect. It was, a, it was a new journey to start, but every time I rocked up and there was a new challenge and new things going on, it's just like standing on the edge of the beach. But those emails mm -hmm. that, that hold a note from your child's principal or mm. blood test results or you know that there's an accident just happened or your finances aren't where they want to be or you get demoted or there's a wanker just turned up at work or you know mm. that's exactly the same as the waves coming in the waves you can see it you know and, yeah. you, and i knew that run down the beach and go out in the rip you know and in life when you realize the conditions are perfect you've just got to find your way to get through the situations like okay well if if something coming against it, that must be something going my way, and I have to find that flow. You know, if yeah. in the yeah. ocean, if there wasn't water going back out to sea, and we're all standing there watching waves break, we'd all drown. You know, the water because yeah. the waves coming in, they have to go out somewhere. So there's as much water going out as there is waves coming in, and you've got to work out what that is. What that is, and I find that's exactly the same in life spiritually. Is the conditions are perfect because they're going to teach you how to be a better person, and you just got to, whatever's challenging you and killing you right now the energy that's coming at you, there's somewhere else in the whole equation. And I love the saying, the universe never gives you a problem without also hiding a solution within it. Yeah. You know, that just be still, don't try and run away, be still because there's water going out somewhere. And that's the, the fastest way to resolve it. Having said all that, I was the guy that people loved. I was the boy next door. Yeah. I was the last person to leave the beach. I was a good bloke to what everybody saw, but underneath I wasn't the person that I needed to be. And I'd, I'd lost my way. So you can look great and still be a long yeah. way away from, yeah. you can still be off the track, you know, you yeah. can still take in a diversion. And, and so that journey that I did was to not only bring back the perception people had of me um, to be true um, and not even try and manage that perception, but to start telling people, no, I lost my way. You know, no, you're, are you mm -hmm. kidding? I became mm -hmm. a wanker. I, I became the guy 
that mm. I wanted to beat. <laughs> you know, the guy that yeah. who became the guy that beat him, who became yeah, the guy yeah, that beat yeah. him. So who's who's the problem here? Well, it's just the person that's doing it in the moment. No, you know, we're all innocently jump into this reaction, but actually, yeah. we're all decent people that just lost our way. Absolutely. Well, yeah. First of all, mate, thank you for sharing that story as well. Like I. I, it's a beautiful story to finish up on because it just and it sums up another question I was going to ask, which was, you know, do you think you would have had the success you had had you not had that, you know, driving factor um, of trying to prove yourself? And I, I think, you know, some of it from what you said that that story and I've learned this that really to perform in anything or do it at a really high level, uh, I think to get the most out of it, you need to have that mindset of the process, not the outcome, which, you know, absolutely what I, like I said, I, I'm really excited. I'm going to use what you just told me then for no some problems. of the stuff I'm doing and just remind myself, you know, the conditions are perfect and yeah, I yeah. love it because it's, it's, it's just, just so powerful. And, and, and just clean up your why, why are you doing it? You know, all I had to do is go exactly. back and clean up all the whys of, I want to beat that guy and I want to be the guy that everyone loves and I had to clean up all the bullshit whys. You yeah, know, because exactly. the good whys you don't have to throw, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you got to throw that bathwater out. You know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the good wise, who you really are, your natural self, is always going to be there. But we got distorted, we got sucked into conflicts and com- you know competitions and everything else. And you know, I think Absolutely. I think that I would have. Um, I'm so thankful for those people because they um, they awoke the sleeping giant, a young, humble, little you know shy kid that was probably resentful mm. and mm. covert and you know getting my way my way in sneaky ways, you know. And yeah. then basically what happened was I woke up and started to actually learn about power and I learned about power in your body but power mentally and power spiritually and energetically to walk into a room and actually say, all right, guys, we're going somewhere. You know, mm. um, it was, a lot of it was ego at the start as well but it was still a lesson. So I, I, it drove me to be the best I could be but I never would have learned about power and I never would have learned about integrity and I never would have learned about all those things if I didn't go down the path. So not only do I thank them mm. giving me the drive to have a great sporting career, but I more thank them for saying thank you for helping me have the great sporting career because so, so I could realise the difference between winning and losing, the difference between yeah, winning, yeah, yeah. On, winning at all costs, which is what I got stuck in, and winning on all levels where you straighten out the person you are and you become the person you want to be. You know, mm-hmm. not live the perfect life, but accept life is perfect to teach you instead of just racing the perfect Ironman race. So I'm so thankful for it. And what did happen at the end was when I learned all these things, I went back and broke all my records and, you know, had eight firsts and two seconds in international races for one season and had the crazy. Well, after I started learning this, I went back and went, wow, I was meant to win in multiple different ways too, because when I woke up to this, I won easier and I won without the hatred, <laughs> you know, I won without the yeah, grudge and yeah, the revenge yeah. and everything. So so it's all perfect because at the end of the day, when you wake up, the day you wake up is the day you're meant to wake up. You shouldn't sit, yeah. carry the guilt, clear the guilt of not waking up beforehand because or making the mistake 10 more times. You'll make it every time until you're finally ready to go, I'm done with that. I Yeah, I found it so powerful what you're saying because the ironic thing is if like what you were saying about the following when you can really follow the process and rather than the outcome the ironic thing is you often get a much better outcome anyway um because you're going to do all the right things but then it it comes without the angst because i know that feeling where and i think you can get results if it's based on the negative because you'll you'll push but you just drive yourself into the ground you don't enjoy the process you get burnt out it's you know it's like so it's a win-win really if you can find a way to operate in in that space and you know it's something that I've tried to do with my life where it's like what do I really care about doing what do I want to do you know bring it back to just enjoying the process of it and then you can't go wrong because if if the end outcome doesn't come or the expected outcome then you still win because you're still doing something you know you're enjoying what you're doing moment by moment anyway so true mate and it's so powerful when you say it and and I think um going back to something we said earlier was that that you know we're here to learn that we're conscious co-creators you know so when we're when we i I think if you if you picture yourself like a stick figure as you know draw a stick figure and that was you and draw around the stick figure a bunch of swirls that's the world trying to drag us out of the kilter and when you get out into that world it's like a stream that's going around and around and around and you're never quite in yourself but if you can be be yourself in the middle of the eye of the storm and be 
present and centered rather than reactive. So you're just here and you're observing. Being the observer, you take yourself, you're almost taking your life back from the reactor. You know, I love Eckhart Tolle's story where he woke up in the middle of the night after years of being depressed and almost being suicidal at stages. And, you know, he wrote The Power of Now, one of the greatest selling books of all time. You know, they asked Oprah Winfrey, you know, if we all had to leave the planet in a spaceship suddenly and you had to choose the one book we could take what would it be and she said the power of now by Eckhart Tolle you know so so it's a pretty big rap for Oprah you know from Oprah but um for those that don't know him but um you know he wakes up in the middle of the night and that repeating in his head is I just can't live with myself anymore I just can't live with, I just can't live with myself anymore you know and then he goes I just can't live with myself anymore and he goes hang on who's I and who's myself I can't live with myself anymore so yeah. which one's me you know and exactly, so yeah. he yeah. he had he just basically blew out of his mind and he was pondering this laying there and he falls back to sleep wakes up in the morning he goes what's going on is there an extra window in the room like it's a bright in here and it's all sunny it's in london in a one-bedroom bedsit you know and he's like he comes in and he's like well, he's walking around and he's going what's changed something's changed and he's like slowly walking around and then he goes I'm not thinking, you know, <laughs> and he's like, what's happened, you know, and then he's like trying to work out what happened to him and he felt great. And what he did was he actually popped out of it. They call it duplication, but by actually seeing the observer saw that there's an eye in myself. So he actually saw the setup where the brain almost goes, ha, ah, no, you know, I'm this. And it's yeah, like, yeah, right. Yeah. So the, the mind starts taking over the faculties of who we think we are, get back to know who you are and know who you're not, you know, but, um, yeah, um, when you're in that, when you're the observer, you, you know, everything actually works itself out. You're actually in the eye of the storm and you're present. And the best thing is you're not jumping into everything. You're not defending, you're not trying to stop. You're not attached to the outcome. You're not expected of an outcome. You're not all significant about what goes on. You're not operating on limitations that it won't work. You're just going, Oh, Mm -hmm. there's no needs. There's no desires attached to it. You're just present observing and it's it sounds so not powerful to the to the ego to the mind. What present? What, how, yeah. How's that powerful? What about when you know it's like it is too most, simple. It's too it's, easy. Yeah. It's the most powerful state, and you can't. People can't hit you when you're actually present. They can only hit you when like a tennis match. They can't hit the ball back when you don't hit it back. You know, yeah. and when there's no vibrational reaction to what they're doing, they want to yeah. hit you, but they can't. You know, and they. Yeah. And, and so you're present. And when you're present, you start to go, wow, when I was reactive, I was creating all these outcomes and promising myself it was going to get better, but it never did. When I'm present, I've actually not even tried to get better and it just sorted itself out. And for people who haven't experienced it yet, just give it a try. But all yeah. of a sudden sorts itself out. So either way, we're learning that we're a conscious co-creator of the situation. So you're becoming more aware of who I am. I'm the observer. And when I don't jump into it, you know, what doesn't work out is what I don't need anyway because, you know, the old um, Rolling Stones, you can't always get what you want but you get what you need, you know. And somewhere, whether we realise it or not, we came here to wake up, realise we're conscious co-creators. Eckhart Tolle says that your primary purpose is to, to know yourself as source, to know yourself as this still vibrational energy in the world. Your secondary purpose is to do something with it, which goes yeah. back to answering that question, you know when we earlier that how do you get back into the world when you're ambitious without losing your presence we'll just know the difference between the two and just keep one eye on your presence the whole time and when when it gets lost just say hey guys stop meeting for a sec i'm going to take three breaths <laughs> you know or i'm going to go to the you know if it's a bit too dicky to do that i'm just going to go to the loo and go sit in the toilet with your eyes closed for me and go no get your presence about what we're you reacting to you know and it's funny exactly. it absolutely works you go you let it go let the argument go the fight go you walk back into the room and it all resolves itself so, yeah. and only one person needs to be present to, to um, you know, takes two to tango. That doesn't mean yeah. takes two to actually to change the situation. It only takes one to stop dancing because two people have to tango, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so tango could be the, the, the hassle as opposed to the, you know, the glory. Just be, yeah. And a thing I like to what you were saying then as well, what I often say is, if you can approach a situation and forget about the word failure, but look at it, I'm either going to get the desired outcome that I want, or I'm going to learn something, then you can't lose. It's like, I'm going to get some, you know, whatever happens, it's going to still be steering me in the direction I'm meant to go in. Because we, like you've talked about so much in this chat, 
you know, that black and white thinking we're taught where it's like only one thing's good, one's bad. It's like, no, it's absolutely, you know, like everything we're doing is leading us in the direction we're meant to go in, whether it's a bad, well, it shouldn't be worded bad, but whether the outcomes, you know, what we thought it would be or not, it's going to lead us where we should go. And, you know, sport is not unlike business. It's like, it's this, you know, hectic thing that goes on in the world that you can become someone, you can achieve something, you can do whatever. It's a great place to hone your skills and all that sort of stuff. Um, But it's not life itself. You know, it's just a a way to actually set your life through. But it actually reflects something in life. And two famous stories, or there's probably three, Edison, how many times he failed with a light bulb. Um, Kentucky Froke, you know, Colonel Sanders, how many banks he went to before they gave him the loan. Um, Michael Jordan, how many shots he missed to make those those ones that he made, you know. Um, sport, business, whatever it is, they're actually just a reflector of powerful life lessons and that's the role they play. As soon as we put our business people and our sports people up on a pedestal as being, you know, wonderful leaders because they might have learnt that in their area and still don't even know it. And I'm a living example of that. I was like, yeah, yeah, come to me for answers, you know. I'm the Iron Man. I can win anything, you know. And I was like, I was just being a complete dick at the same time. So, and not no, not aware I was. And, and still, behind all that, a decent person, you know, that, that gave a shit and did care about people. But I'd lost my way in those, in those entanglements. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we have to fail a bunch of times which is actually there is no um, no failure or no um, losing only learning, you know. Yeah. There's only no failures only lessons, you know. Yeah. It's actually a hundred percent so cliches, but it's so true. And if it's you've true. decided to perfect the race or decided to perfect your approach or decided to be a better person, then everything is an opportunity. Yeah, the whole yeah. lot is an opportunity. I someone asked me to summarize once out of everything I've learned. Could you do it in three points, you know? And I went, oh yeah, that old chestnut, you know. Um, and I basically said, well, one way I would explain it is I've realized that, number one, every moment is a living moment. This is actually yeah. a quantum world. The, the science now tells us that everything's vibratively connected. So it's ancient science that says, no, we're all separate from each other. We're all sharing wave, the waveform, not particle science, waveform science now tells us that everything's actually connected. So that's the first yeah. one. Number one, every moment is a living moment because we're interacting with the living universe, you know. Yeah. Um, Number two is shit happens, you know, uh, shite happens, stuff happens, whatever you want to say is that stuff goes on all the time. It's, it's yeah. never exactly what you want it to be. And if it is, it's only for a short period of time and it's challenging. You know, that's when you want things to be a certain way when you're attached to an outcome. Number three is um, all you have to do is know, find yourself, know yourself, trust yourself, you know, follow your intuition, find yourself, know yourself, trust yourself, follow your intuition, because at the end of the day, you're not here to learn how to be anyone else other than yourself. And you'll react to it differently to what I will. If we become great mates, it's because we react in similar ways and we're sharing things that we're enhancing each other's journey or we're, you know, sometimes we're in opposite ways. So we really complete each other's picture. Oh, you do it that way, you know, but ultimately you're still here to become you, you know, and, and more of you. And that's, that's what I've learned. At the end of the day, we're learning all this sort of stuff to become yourself, your full self. And, and um, if you just have that in the back of your mind as you do everything, you know, on the days that it's not quite working out your way, you go, oh, that's one of those days, is it? Today's yeah. a good, every day, these are my perfect conditions, but what are they perfect for? Oh, perfect for letting go today. Perfect for realizing that I got a bit angry. Perfect for forgiving someone. Perfect for getting back up off the canvas. Perfect for discovering that those uh, it's time to get off that medication and start heading towards that. Or, you know, it's perfect to stop self-medicating. Or, you know, it's every day is perfect for something. Beautiful. And and for anyone listening to this, I think that is a really nice summary for, you know, if, if you are wanting to make a change or implement that into your life, you know, refer back to those three points that you've just said. That's really powerful and it sums up so many things you've spoken about and uh, there's there's so many amazing things in here and and look I could actually all these t- I I think we need to do like um episode five six seven eight nine ten of of, of this conversation there's so many things I'd love to keep talking to you about I'll go I'll go learn a few more things and fall over and be a dick a few more times I will come back and we can share some new stuff I'm, I'm learning all the time man I, t- I have to say that to everybody oh my goodness I, I, I can um, I can package things and say things in a way that is helpful to people. I've learnt that. That's just reflected back to me all the time. People say, thank you very much. You have a way with saying it. It's often because I feel things rather than think them. 
I've, I've learned I was always was a feeler. Even when I raced, I felt my way through. So that's yeah. shone through more and more. So I can package all this, but make no mistake, every day that I grow and learn and f- kind of take on a little bit more, the challenge amps itself up as well. And I'm learning new stuff all the time. The difference is that now I just don't jump into despair and jump into negative reaction. I go, hmm, that was interesting. I can feel it bubbling up. I can feel it brewing up. And yeah. oh, I can feel... Oh, I thought I'd cleared that, but it's still there, you know. So, life is a challenge, and it's and that's the beauty of it. Um, and w- when in doubt, I just stop. I turn off all things. I say to my mates, "I've got an appointment, and it's an appointment with myself," you know. And I, whether I go to the beach, whether I lay on the balcony, or whatever I do, go have a shower, whatever I do, I just go, "No, nah, work through. Stop thinking. Stop trying to get somewhere. Be here for an hour or two. Just be present." And it's like a, it's a, it's an oh. informal meditation, you know. I meditate too, but be present. And an absolutely important point because you know when we, as soon as we get caught in, you know, when you are overwhelmed, if you don't, you know, break it when it's happening, it, it'll compound and get worse. And you know, it's just breaking your environment, taking us react. react. So again, anyone listening to this, it's a simple technique, but if you are getting caught and feeling overwhelmed, or you know, you've got this repetitive thought in your mind, just go and break the environment change things up, go for a walk, do something. And then often you find quicker than you think you come to a resolution or you clear that thought or, you know, it it doesn't normally take as long as we think it will to sort of clear that out. A couple of sayings to throw at people really quickly. What you react to recreates, you know, Um, it just keeps going over and over again until you can know, until you get to the point where you don't react to it anymore. What you, what you focus on grows, you know, so focus on what's working right for you and that'll grow. It's what you appreciate appreciates. You know, just like a bank balance, yeah, what yeah. you appreciate appreciates. Also, what you resist persists. You know, yeah. you, oh, I'm against it, it fires yeah. it up energetically. And the final one for me is it's really, really powerful. If you're brave enough to take this one on, what you judge, you become. You what know, you judge, you what you judge, you become. Yeah. If anyone's ever actually all of a sudden yelled at their kids and gone, oh my God, I've become a father, and I said I never would. You know, yeah, it's because yeah, you yeah, judged yeah. the way he yelled and you didn't understand. And then all of a sudden when you're in that situation, you yell, you go, I understand now. And you yeah. get it and you let him off the hook, you know, and then yeah. and then you can get out of it. But what you judge, you become, you know, and that includes, yeah. you know, right now in the world, people have got different sides of politics and they go, they, they say, hey, what, the reason you're firing up is because there's something in there that's in you, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and you want to become more of it, judge it, you know. It's yeah. just because you just because you can't see it in yourself doesn't mean it isn't there, you know. Absolutely. Where can we, if people want to learn more about you, if they want to see the work you're doing or book work with you, where where can they go? Yeah, thanks, Nick. So trevorhendy.com um, is a cool place to go. I hardly ever go on it. Um, I'm Hendy Trev on Instagram. I occasionally throw things or Trevor Hendy on Facebook. But I've got a yeah. boot camp for the Soul program. It's like a 12 week online course that people do in their own house, morning and night, before and after work or before and after bed, sort of thing. Um, and it's really, really powerful. You get rave reviews from it. So you can find that at trevorhendy.com or go to soulbootcamp.trevorhendy.com. Um, and, um, yeah, we, you know, I work with uh, Scotty Waters. We're founding partners of the Life Changer Foundation. We started in Victoria and we're going into schools right around Australia, slowly growing into each state to help youth grow up. You know, we're talking about education and self-awareness. And I knew I'd tie this together at the end is that's actually what we're doing. So we're actually going into schools and actually helping bring these programs and awareness things. And we bring a a five pillar system into it where the kids become aware of different areas, including their mental health and their self. So it's it's, um, really quite fascinating. The work we do there is really, really cool. So lifechangerfoundation.org.au. Um, I think it's .au on the end of it, but um, yeah. check that out. But uh, yeah, all around the place doing different things. And anyone's on the Gold Coast or anywhere near it, drop into Surface Paradise Surf Club. I'm the president there after all the yeah. years trying to give back. And, and um, we've got a crazy vision. We've got some incredible people there with us. And we have what we call SP Love. And um, yeah. we're in the heart of Surface Paradise and we're trying to bring some real heart and heritage and culture and um, family and giving back into the heart of Surface Paradise because it's actually quite an amazing place despite what... Some people think, oh, Surface Paradise, it's busy as tourists. It's actually quite incredible. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where to find me. But, um, yeah, Beautiful. join me there somewhere. Beautiful. And I'll, I'll put a, all of that in the notes to the show as well so people have all the links to find everything. There's so. a little YouTube channel on there too. There's a few little things people can listen to. And every now and then I post something else up there. 
So go yeah. on that. I think I have about 70 subscribers, so I'm really killing it on there. <laughs> <laughs> go and check it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll link them to everything, mate. But um, to finish up, yeah, these five questions. Um, the first one, what would you say? And again, these can be just whatever comes to mind, you know. Yep. Um, the first one is best childhood memory that comes to mind. Travelling around Australia with my parents for two years, left Melbourne, ended up on the Gold Coast and went um, anti-clockwise around the whole country. And um, and just there's little bits of memory in there, but the person I became because of it, I can feel that my exposure to to the Indigenous communities of Australia and, you know, being in settlements and all sorts of different things and spent a lot of time up north and northwest and went back a lot of my, my, lot of my life. So any time I was with my mum and dad and sister and and went away, um, walked off to a waterfall or went to somewhere, you know, I'm talking about early 1970s here, 71 to 73. So Australia was pretty um, sparse back then. And I also have my friend Liam Stagg, who ended up being a pro water skier in the US, but his father, his stepfather, Bruce Brown, was actually the chief dolphin trainer at SeaWorld. And oh, while right. I was learning to come through nippers, which I loved as well, uh, every Sunday we would go, Liam and I would go and we'd clean out the seals' pens and feed them and then we'd go clean out the dolphins' enclosures and everything and make sure that was all good to go and feed them as well. And then we'd, we'd train as part of the training for the show right around on dolphins' backs and everything else. And Oh, wow. Yeah, and so that grew into a thing where right throughout my life, everywhere I've gone, dolphins and whales turn up and I've ended up on whales' backs and dolphins' backs and... I've been picked up by whales and I've climbed off and they've changed direction and picked me up again like crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole other podcast, but I've had a crazy experiences with nature that that has always reminded me that the competitor, the animal, the winner is not who I really am. I'm the kid that grew up traveling Australia, connecting with, with country, you know, and knowing that I'm a part of everything and hence why I talk this way. Well, I'm definitely going to be hitting you up to do a, a, a round two of this yeah, um, cool. episode, mate. Um, what, what do you feel like at the moment is the biggest burden on mental health in society? Um, what we went back to, it's unawareness. So yep. we solve a lot of problems. So this is not a, a slant on medical or anything else because they're doing amazing things and they save our lives left, right and centre. But I, if I, people automatically hear criticism. But if, I actually, if we were to bring more awareness into that, those worlds rather than just believe the education that's been given... There's a lot of really conscious doctors out there that are challenging the status quo on a lot of things, even including where we are right now with our COVID-19 responses, you know, and it gets messy and it gets hard to understand what's the truth. But forget about what's the truth. Bring conscious awareness into mental health. Um, a person who's having mental health issues, um, they are not a problem. You know, they there is nothing wrong with that person. Um, they have an issue and a challenge that they're getting through. Some call it a disease. There's all sorts of different things that it's referred to as, but the being, the human being behind that is actually more often than not, unless there's a really major chemical imbalance or some sort of neurological pathways that have been completely blocked. The actual being is quite healthy behind that, but what conditioning have they come through? What are they reacted to? What's gone on? That the thought that I am not good enough, I've done, you know, up around 10,000 hours of one-on-one -on -one work with people, you know, and sat with them for a couple of hours. And whether they're billionaires, world champions, mums and dads, young kids, at the bottom of most people's dysfunction is the thought, there's a trilogy of thoughts, I'm not good enough, um, cannot do enough, never be enough. You know, and those thoughts operate right down and they, they're like, it's a vibrational untruth and it sits inside of our psyche and it's like an anchor, almost like a, a, a leech or a tick that's holding on to all the negative things that come our way. So every other thought and action that we've done that's um, not worked out in our favour because of mental health is off the back of deep down believing that we're not good enough, we're not enough. And it's not actually the truth. It's a, it's a fabrication. It's not real. It feels real and it is real to us when we have it. But it's only been allowed to become real because we did we lost touch of the truth. And the truth is you're magical. You have amazing yeah. capabilities. You have a hero inside of you. It's just a matter of what type. We teach kids that you're either a guardian, you're a mastermind, four, four that we choose from, a guardian, a mastermind, a jester, um, guardian, mastermind, jester, or a warrior. Some people just yeah. love to fight the fight. They become good sports people. They become firefighters, policemen. They go join the army and everything. 
but they're not necessarily the person that you go to for relationship advice. You know, you go to the guardian who's the empath that actually feels everything, that gives the kid lunch at school when they forget their own lunch or if they get bullied, they pull them aside and say, I'll be your friend. That kid's a hero. You know, he's the softest spoken, maybe in the mind of the bully, the weakest one in the whole place, but he's the hero because he's actually got the guardian hero inside of him. Then the jester who actually goes, this class is getting a bit serious, I'm going to lighten it up and always ends up standing in the corner of the room and getting in trouble or sent to the office. He's actually a hero as well. He's got to learn how to work with the teacher to lighten the mood, not to go across the teacher. But he's sometimes letting the kids know, I think this is all garbage, you know. And so there's a hero quality in him because he he becomes that disruptor later in life that you need. He becomes a speaker. He becomes a a politician. He becomes whatever it is. Um, And the mastermind who sits back and goes, oh, I feel uncomfortable with people and I can't play sport and I'm not that funny, but I can play video games and I can solve problems. And he actually solves our town planning problem or builds that, you know, designs that vaccine should there be one not a a word that's real popular in my mind but um you know that that finds the way to bring all those things through in a healthy way there so there's a hero inside of everybody and i think from a mental health perspective if we could actually say that let's just tap into your hero type and some people having mental health issues because the type that they've grown up with has been rejected by the school they're at the team they're around their father their mother you know they might be sensitive in a strong household and that's been beaten out of them and they grow up thinking they're not good enough. So there's yeah. a, there's an untruth in there somewhere when somebody's mentally unwell and it's not their fault that it's there. It just slipped in, didn't, didn't announce its arrival. You exactly. Know, they it, didn't, yeah, no one meant for it. Um, so love, love's the solution, love and awareness. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, amazing answer. Um, where, where do you see mental health heading in like the next 10 years? Do you th- see things getting better? I see things getting better because I'm noticing in some areas it's getting worse and um, which in the balance, some areas are getting better. So there's people right now that aren't very popular that are challenging the status quo and the paradigm, some within the system and some outside of the system and they're pushing the boundaries and they're unpopular, but they're actually bringing very um, insightful conversations to the table. You know, um, one that springs to mind straight away is Pete Evans right now that if you, if you believe what the mainstream media is saying about him, some of them, he's a lunatic yeah. that wants babies and everyone staring into the sun and babies to, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's only ever quoted what an expert, you know, someone else has said, you know, so it's quite fascinating. He's willing to put himself out there and say these things. Yeah. But using him as an example, who's a beautiful guy that believes that people are capable of healing themselves and everything else. And so that's only a threat to someone who operates on the principle that they are, they need me. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yes, of course, you don't go off with ad hoc, stupid solutions that are dangerous and everything else. That's the thing that we fall back on. But I, I think it's the same with mental health. Um, yeah. Is yeah. that we know that long term exposure to certain medications don't end up well for people, and we yeah. know yeah. for some people it's kept them alive. For some people hasn't. It's all very arguable. But we know that there are people actually thinking differently now. And some people have taken themselves in the US and other countries, they've taken themselves through the mental health system so they have the qualification to prove a point that they knew was always the case anyway, that they're on the wrong track. You yeah, know? yeah, So yeah, there's, yeah. the world's awakening. It's waking yeah. in nutrition. What, what's keto, paleo, you know, all these things, um, vegan, raw, all these things that are different healthy versions of similar things are really, yeah. really powerful things. Where were they? 15, 20 years ago. Well, they were there, but they'd never been named. They weren't in mainstream awareness. And I think it's the same with mental health. It'll, it'll come out. They hadn't come to the surface. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then when they come to the surface, there's always the person that's not benefiting from it telling us it's rubbish. Don't do it. You know, and that's the way the world <laughs> works. You've got you to grow up by pushing through the resistance, you know. It's not going to change, yeah. No, that's right. Um, so two more here, mate. Um, what would you say is your personal definition of happiness? Being well, being present, being in the moment, I'm, I love and adore my family, you know, and the love that, that I feel when I'm with my kids and, and my family and when I'm in the moment, I feel really present with them and we're off on an adventure, we're doing something, is the same love that I feel sitting here talking to you because yeah. we're having this conversation, we're sharing something, we're connecting about stuff that's real and that's my definition of happiness is being here in this moment with my full self, fully willing to expose myself, be vulnerable, be here, take it or leave it, whatever it is. Um, I find that I don't have to come home to get 
the love I find that I take it wherever I go. You know, so I'm, my wife and I travel a lot and sometimes together and sometimes in different places and we call each other at the end of the day from the opposite side of the country and can't wait to share. You know, we've been together for 24 or 5 years, you know, we can't wait to share what we've been through for the day and what we learnt and then, well, can I talk to you? I'm struggling and, you know, so um, she's her own person. I am too. We adore each other but we, we see each other as equals that we're growing off and that's my happy place and my kids are the same and, you know, I love being in the water. I love being in the ocean. I love being around my mates and I love having truthful conversations. I spent a lot of time working with, um, in recent times, with Kane Johnson, who's an old AFL footy player. You should get him on at some stage. He was yeah, Richmond yeah. captain, twice premiership player with Adelaide and leads in this area as well. Spent some time living with monks in China and, you oh, know, wow. yeah. yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and at best mate, you know, and we get on, we do interviews with other people. We do podcasts with other people and we'll get you on, you know, and have a conversation. But we have these conversations and we're just all going, oh, we've got tears in our eyes and everything else because yeah, yeah. everything that you're shooting for in the future or in your life or when all the things come together, it's all available to be felt right here, right now. Just by being here. So my definition of happiness is be here now and just open up to what's around you. And it's definitely hard some days because you're full of reaction, but find the way back as quick as you can. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful answer, mate. And yeah, thank you again for, you know, sharing everything you have today. It's been amazing. So um, pleasure, mate. final one, um, what would you say is the most courageous thing you've ever done? <laughs> There's a few of them, I think. <laughs> So many different forms of courage. We interviewed, um, Kane and I interviewed Nathan Buckley recently, and he said um, vulnerability is the ultimate form of courage, you know, and and that's the first thing I thought of was the most courageous thing I've done was probably, you know, be truthful with the people around me around the things that I'd hidden or that I wasn't proud of, um, the people that I cared about, and you know, expose myself to the possibility that I would lose them or be judged by them or be hated by them because I had done things that I wasn't proud of, you know, and that it affected them whether they're aware of it or not, you know. So through the middle of losing my way and being a star, you know, getting distracted to all these different things. So I almost think that's the most courageous thing I've ever done is is tell the truth and particularly after you've told a lie beforehand and then you go oh i've got to come and, and you know tell a truth now um and it's right up there with with being vulnerable and, and opening and letting someone know that you're struggling um or standing up in front of a group of people and letting them know you know i find that's probably the most courageous thing i've done because you feel like you you know your mind in your mind you think you're going to be judged and isolated and you know um kicked out of the tribe or whatever and the crazy thing is that, that people actually love you even more because they go by the way mate i've done the same thing or i've got the same shit and i thank you for you know letting me know that you know so i think it, it's probably that and you know i've ridden massive waves and i've done and that's actually more fun than courage you know yeah. um yeah. It, the courage is to be courage is to be myself in a situation when your mind says no no, no don't expose yourself that's courage I think it's an amazing way to finish and, you know, just for everyone listening, just be vulnerable, be yourself. It's okay. If you do it, you're going to, you know, you're going to set an example. You're going to feel better. You're going to make the oh, world geez. a better place. <laughs> easier, less Takes struggle. less energy. You know? just, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. But I, I 100% agree. And look, mate, I have really, on a personal level, I've just enjoyed this opportunity to, and it's been the best thing about doing this podcast. It's a chance to have these incredible conversations with people like yourself. And I majorly respect what you've done, what you're doing. And I hope we can have another chat again at some point, but I just want to say thank you so much, mate, for making the time. Oh, mate, I really appreciate it. You're doing amazing things and and, uh, I love the journey you're on and what you're doing. And, And I was always a bit of a fan of your father from distance as well the way he carried himself and what he did. And, and, you know, it's funny, we're all different people and we do different things, but um, the beauty that's in there and that relationship shining through, mate, and it's really, really powerful to see you being your own man and it's been inspiring to be with you and and, um, I look forward to the next chat. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Cheers. This episode of Move Your Mind was produced and edited by Tim Boozer. Thanks to Trevor Hendy for joining me today for Move Your Mind. Hold up. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.